Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. Well, welcome everybody. Can we thank our band in the worship space? My goodness. I don't know. I, I, I needed to hear it. How many of y'all needed some worship this morning? Man, I tell you what, I've been gone for a while. I come back and the world fell apart with COVID again, 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 again. So I'm so glad to be back with you guys. So 6,800 and change miles later, we're still married. Beth still loves me. We only got in one argument. I took a wrong exit. That was it. Other than that, we, we did fine. And I'm so excited to be back with you. And I'm um, welcome. I uh, want to welcome live in the room. How many of y'all are from East Campus who drifted west today? Can we say hello to these people? Here's, here's what you don't know. So like right now, right now in our church, we are, uh, we're doing more broadcasting. So we're broadcasting over East Campus. We thought this is our idea. We thought with COVID and everything going on, let's do the best we can to be sort of one church, one church family together, catching our culture. You know, we're going to launch another campus in Lake Worth uh, t- toward the end of the year. So we're doing all this. We're going to do a little broadcast. We're going to do some live preaching. And one of the things as a result of doing more broadcasts, I got to tell you guys, it's kind of funny. Uh, we said, we're going to have to commission somebody who's ready to preach live in case something happens east. Okay. Right? That's, that's the idea. So almost like an understudy. We get the message done. We hand the message off. You got it. They're in the teaching team. They're working on this. And so I get a call this morning. So again, just getting back from vacation, all this stuff's like on fire. I get, I get home and I get a call this morning and, and Pastor Jose goes, Hey, Pastor Dale, you having a good morning? And I'm thinking to myself, you're not calling to check if I'm having a good morning, Jose, are you? He goes, we have no power on the East Campus. And I said, do you mean like, uh, like a light switch or like, like no power? He's like, no power. on the... And I, he said, what do you want to do? <laughs> and I t- it was so funny. I said to him, I don't know. What do you want to do? Isn't <laughs> that great? And so, and so anyhow, this is what's so funny about this. So Brandon, Brandon was like the understudy for the weekend. So he's the one with the message. So over the course of the next hour, we called him 42 times. (laughs) And we said, you're on. Then we call him back. You're off. You're on. You're off. At about 14 in, he quit taking the call. He's not (laughs) answering anymore. He had a nervous breakdown at about eight o'clock. So uh, they did not, we didn't have worship. Uh, live worship at the East Campus. So some folks, these are the faithful Jesus lovers who are here this morning uh, to be with us. Anyhow, but I'm glad to be back with you. I know that after this year, some of you thought you're kind of impressed I came back at all. And I'm sort of second guessing uh, that I came back. But uh, at any rate, this is a, a good thing. And I'm so grateful uh, for the team that we have here at Community Folk that would even uh, allow us a place where Beth and I could could take some days away. Can we thank our team for all that they're doing? So grateful for them. 
All right, I want to encourage you to grab your app, grab your Bible, grab your journal, whatever it is you do in this space. We are in week two of a series we're calling Rooted. And uh, what we're doing right now in this series, uh, we are exploring together as a church family on all of our campuses what it looks like to grow up in your faith and to grow your faith deep and wide. Now, here's what I want to say. Every now and again, I point to this. There are lots of different versions of the Christian faith. Some of them, we're going to study this a little bit this morning, some of them are ulterior versions and not the exact thing. They look close enough, but they're not the exact thing. So here's the thing. This makes what we're doing in this space important. This is really important work. And so uh, we're talking about really what the authentic version of the Christian experience is. And I like to think of it this way. We had planned. I don't even like to say those words right now. Anybody, you know, when you say we had planned in this last year, you almost feel like an idiot to even suggest that, right? And uh, we had planned with, you know, everybody's going to step into their normal routines. COVID would be behind us. And we would just be able to talk about all these things together and kind of aim for the future, but still yet here we are. So we're going on in this series. I feel like I want to say, do you want to, what do you want to do? And you guys would say back to me, I don't know. What do you want to do? So that's where we are. But um, we're in this series. We're looking at this thing. It's really important. And this is one of my favorite conversations to have. Uh, and here's why I love to preach these kinds of topics at Community Vote, because we have so many people here coming from so many different positions of faith. We have, we have seasoned vets who are here. You've, you've knocked around hall, halls of faith like you know for a long time, right? And, and there's a message in this series for you. Uh, there are a lot of people who, who are new to the faith and you're learning. There might even be a few people here. You wandered in here. You're not even yet sure how you got here. You know, like you're pulling in, people are pulling in. You think you're at the green market. Surprise, you're not. Right? And so anyhow, uh, this is the kind of stuff, and I just love to preach to these kinds of topics and these kinds of ideas. Last week, if you're with us, uh, Trevor teed up kind of our theme verse. Here's what we do at Community of Hope. We wrap a, a verse around the whole series. We, we, we kind of look at the series a, as a whole and we say, what, what is a verse? What's a truth? We would wrap around the whole thing. And we chose this verse, uh, which is Colossians chapter two, verses six and seven. Uh, Paul says it this way. Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Go. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Some translations say gratitude, overflowing uh, with gratitude. And this is such an important verse. Paul wrote it to the churches at Colossae somewhere, scholars think, in the first century. And it embodies so much of what I think the Christian experience should be, what we should all be striving for. I, I was thinking about this, and I wanted to share this, and this will be maybe a little bit more meaningful for those uh, here today from our East Campus. Um, this is, I think if my memory serves me right, it's the first verse I ever committed to memory, is this verse. And uh, I was, uh, I was a, a, a new follower of Jesus. I made a commitment to Jesus at a Christian concert in Bradenton, Florida in the summer of 1978. And then my, uh, my, my dad moved our family over to Palm Beach County. And we moved, moved over to Palm, Palm Beach County. We went church shopping. We ended up at the former Good Shepherd Church, which is now our East Campus. I joined the student ministry there. The student ministry, like the one here, was a very powerful thing. God was doing some incredible things. And one night, our youth pastor said, we're going to hold like an all-night prayer thing. And I didn't even really know what an all-night prayer thing was, but I thought, sounds cool. I'll go. 
And uh, I, had, I had went, uh, I, I'm a graduate of John I. Leonard High, go Lancers. Whoop, whoop. And, uh, and so uh, after the football game, we lost. I remember this. We lost a lot back then. We're better now. And, uh, and, and, uh, but my heart now is out at Seminole Ridge because Coach Casco's here. And so, uh, in, in fact, our local paper just did a big old article about him because he's such a rock star. And he's in my small group, and I know him. And he signed a ball cap for me. But anyhow, I digress. Okay? Where was I in the message? I don't know. And um, anyhow, um, so I drove over after, uh, after the football game, and I, I, I went to this thing. And uh, we were going we to be there. We were going to pray all night. We were going to do this secret church kind of thing. And I took a Bible that I'd hardly ever opened, and I took it with me because that's what people did back then. They brought Bibles to church. Now you got your phone, you know. So I was kind of virtue signaling that I was in the thing. Like, they, I knew it, right? And, and I get there, and I thought, you know what? I, I did this prayer thing, and then we went to this room. He gave us all this time, and I thought, I'm going to start reading the Bible. And I started reading the Bible really for the first time all the way through. I still have it. I should, I should bring it, put it on the altar. And if you get to the book of Colossians, I, um, somebody told me that maybe you've heard this. If, if something's meaningful to you in the Bible, it's not a sin. You can underline it. And if you look at my first Bible, I am not joking. I have underlined everything. <laughs> Table of contents, maps. I got, I'm like, just like on fire. And, but when you look up Colossians 2, 6, and 7, I've circled it. Because it embodies so much of the Christian experience of what we should be striving for. And I, I want everybody to know that. And then here's another thing that, that really is the leader for this series that we're going we're gonna to talk about. I'm so pumped over. The second thing that I want to say about this verse, and it's pretty clear if you didn't understand it already, here's what Paul is saying. You can't grow up until you grow down. You got to grow down first. He says, rooted and what? Built up. You got to get rooted before you can become built up. And that is such an important topic. Uh, I, I think it's important. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is just true. It's true everywhere. Life will require of you deep roots. Life will require of you deep roots. Every single thing, y'all, that... Uh, we would like to hang off of our lives. Let me give you some things. Meaningful relationships that last a long time. Uh, for those of you that choose to be married, a, a, a marriage that is filled with all kinds of self-sacrifice and love and gratitude. Uh, work that is meaningful where you're contributing to the overall good of our society. Uh, purpose so that we might know and live within the meaning that our lives matter and are important, and that we can strive for bigger things. All, all of that good stuff can't hang from a tree that's embedded itself like shallow soil. Life will require of us deep roots. And, because you know this is true, when life gets hard, <laughs> right? When life gets messy, when life gets fearful, when life 
gets unclear. Life will scream at you that you've got to grow deeper roots. One of the things right now that I think is so true of this season and so true of our culture is that we are, we are learning yet again, interestingly enough, what Jesus said is right. Wow, surprising. That if you build your lives on a, a, a dubious foundation, when life pushes against you, the fall is great. And so that makes, you know, that makes this, that makes this conversation really important and, and, and really relevant. Um, I, I was thinking about this over the, uh, uh, our vacation. And, uh, I, I felt like one, one day in, in my devotional time, the Lord gave me a phrase. I, I want to give it to you and maybe write it down. It's a, again, a little bit of like a mile marker in the series. Uh, here's the phrase that I think the Lord gave to me. Only living things which are deeply rooted carry the potential to manifest the greatest value. Only living things which are deeply rooted, deeply rooted, carry the potential to manifest the greatest value. Uh, I talk about this every now and again. Um, my, my happy place for me, if you go, what's your happy place, Dale? It's my backyard. And I'll show you a picture of my backyard. This is, that's what my backyard looks out into. And uh, over the last uh, few years, I've been um, working on my, my fence line back here. And I want to show you a picture. Here's our fence line. And uh, those, are, those are bougainvillea uh, uh, bushes. They're trees that actually they were my dad's. And when my dad passed away and, and my mom at their home, her home, it was unmanageable for her. And she said, do you want them? And I said, yeah, I want them. Dad planted them. And I, and I came up and dug them out up in Stewart, brought them back here and had been growing, um, growing them and working on that tree line. This might, again, this is my little happy spot. And, uh, and then while we were away on vacation one morning, one of the kids called me, one of the girls called me and said, Hey dad, we've got a problem. Now you love to hear that <laughs> when you're on vacation and you don't want to have problems. Right. And they call and go, Hey, uh, there's a problem. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? And they said, well, these guys showed up uh, in, in the preserve and they, they, they cut down the fence row. And I said, well, what do you mean? Did they trim it? And, and, she, and I think it was Haley said, no, they didn't. They, Trim's an interesting word. <laughs> and I said, right away, I'm driving. I think this is probably where I missed the exit and Beth and I got in a fight. So I'm driving and and she said, I, I think it's a little bit more than that. I said, send me a picture. And here's the picture. Right? We were teeing this up this morning in the team, and I showed, I showed this picture. And the guy back here, yeah, on the camera, he goes, why, would, why did they cut that down? And I said, because they worship Satan. <laughs> and my wife and Jessica are on the front row going, ah, don't say that. And, uh, but I have to tell you, I got home and I, I call environmental services. And I kid you not, the guy that answered the phone, he goes, do you live in the yellow house that was growing bougainvilleas out on the back? He, he knew. I felt known in that moment. He was like waiting on my call. I, I said, 
what happened? And I kid you not, it was, it was great integrity. He goes, we, we made a mistake. And I said, duh. But, it, you know, and I went back there, I mean, honestly, and you guys, it was like a picture of what I'm wanting to communicate. Only living things which are deeply rooted manifest the power to create the greatest value, the greatest beauty. Uh, we were on vacation, as you know, and, and we went out to a wedding in Salt Lake, which is a member of Beth's family happens to live out there. And we went to a wedding, and then we went to Yellowstone. How about that? That's real. That's not a backdrop. And uh, if that wasn't pretty enough, then we went to another place, which is called Artist Point. I want to show it to you. Do we live in a country or what? And uh, that is uh, called Artist Point. It's called the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And uh, this is the site of the famous portrait by Thomas Moran. Uh, In fact, let me show you that. There it is. Uh, this hung for many years in our, in our nation's capital. It's seven foot by 12 foot picture. It's called the, the, the uh, Yellowstone of, uh, uh, Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And Thomas Moran, on the way out to, to, uh, get this image, uh, he took all his equipment with him. He had to travel. Uh, when he got out west where this is at and he started to go into Yellowstone, uh, the closest railway for him was 500 miles from this point. So you, I, I, mean, remember, I remember when I read that, I thought, man, I wonder if he missed an exit and got in an argument. <laughs> and, um, and he took all these sketches and he came home and he, and he painted this portrait. But when you look at that, maybe you can put it back up again, either the portrait or the real thing, Lynn, either one. When you look at that, I mean, what, what you see again, it just typifies what we're trying to aim at in this series, that it, it's only the thing, living things that are the most deeply rooted yield and carry the greatest potential for beauty and for value. And I think it's a truthful statement anyway we would look at it. Um, Show me a friendship that has weathered storms, gone miles, one where each party has made the commitment to show up, come what may, one that has grown as comfortable and as reliable as a favorite pair of jeans, trustworthy, and I'll show you beauty and value. Show me a marriage that in its September season even, one that is slowly becoming a lifetime of shared experience, one that is tender, faithful, constant. Measured not in accomplishment, but in sacrifice of one another. Not in miles covered, but in miles traveled together along an equally chosen path, known and unknown, and I'll show you beauty and value. Show me a faith where, like Paul writes here, where Jesus has been welcomed in, allowed to rearrange the furniture. A faith that looks beyond the now and is learning to see the not yet a faith marked by devotion and commitment to a Savior as though He's real because He is real. And I'll show you beauty and value. This is what we're trying to get at in this series. The idea that for many of us, what I want to say is this simply, 
whether you're a, a, a hall of faither or you're brand new, it's time to grow. It's time to grow. Now, the image I want to have us think about for just a few moments is an image that comes from the pen of the Apostle Paul. And he's writing in the book of Galatians. And I want to help us understand. So I want to read some words to you. And then I want to do what I customarily love to do. I want to zoom out. And then we're going to zoom in. And in Galatians chapter 4, one of Paul's earlier letters. So this is one of the earlier letters in the New Testament. Uh, Paul is writing about the Christian experience, and I want you to pick up on, if you will, the sense of urgency that, that you can see embedded in what he writes. And, he be, and beginning in verse 12 of chapter 4, Paul says this. He goes, he begins by saying, I plead with you. Interesting phrase, right? I plead with you, brothers and sisters, that you would become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. He's talking about his thorn in the flesh. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you didn't treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then, he writes, is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? He's in a confrontation that we're going to unpack. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good and to be, uh, and, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. My dear children, he writes, for, uh, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And when I was thinking about the imagery of, of what I want to communicate in this space to, to kind of warm up what I want to say to y'all in this series, I thought of that verse that happens at, at the end of verse 19, where Paul is writing, I'm in, I'm in the, like the chains of, uh, pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And, and, and the, the Greek word he uses for formed is the word, for those of you that are interested, it's the word morphu, from which we get the word metamorphosis. It's like Paul saying, there's everything within me that wants you to just grow up. He says, I'm like a, 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 a mother in childbirth that you would grow up. How many of you all remember as parents, if you are parents, um, you know, wanting your child to get some important thing and to master it, Right? How many of you remember teaching your kids to drive? Come on, right? And, and there's that moment where you're like, oh my God, you, you have to get this or I'm going to start driving on the sidewalk <laughs> to stay away from you while you're driving. This is kind of the imagery that Paul's talking about. And uh, I, I think it's interesting imagery for us to think about from a larger perspective. Let's zoom out for just a moment. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, comes from uh, out of the book of Galatians. Galatians is one of his first letters. You see all this zeal. He's, he's writing to aspiring new believers. 
uh, wanting them to grow deeper in their faith. And here's what he's doing, for those of you that are interested, his little historical note. He's defending the gospel because some people have joined the church that, that aren't aiming for the same thing that Paul is teaching. Now, that happens in churches. I know that's a shock, but it happens. Uh, sometimes people are well-intentioned, they're just wrong. Can I say that? Sometimes people are controlling and they just want power. Sometimes people are good, they just drift. And so Paul is talking about some important stuff. And at the heart of it is this group of people that have joined the church. And for those of you who want to know historically, they were referred to back in the day as Judaizers. And they were Jewish converts who had come to faith in Christ. But, but, and here's the big but in the room, they, uh, they were requiring of Gentiles, which would be most of us probably in this room, they were requiring that they observe all these Jewish customs and traditions and keep all the laws, listen to this, as a precondition to their salvation. In other words, if you don't do all that stuff, you're not a follower of Christ. And salvation isn't available to you. And, and here's the question that it drives. Is grace free, is grace free, or does it require our works? That's it. And here's where Paul comes down. Praise God for this. Grace is free and undeserved. I almost want to call the band up, time to sing right there. Now, here's the thing. He, he, he invites us into this conversation, and he says, he says really two things I want to give them to you, because everything we want to say in this series is going to hinge on this. He says, first of all, he says this. He says, become like me. Now, I want to just pause. This is not, this is bonus material in the message. This is extra content. How many of us are so comfortable in our Christian experience that we would tell another human being, I got it, just follow me? Right? Right? That's, I mean, I'm, I've been a pastor 30. I'm, I'm not doing that yet, you know? And uh, that's pretty crazy, right? It's pretty crazy. He's saying, become like me. And then, then he says this. Watch this. This is so beautiful. He says, become like me because I've become like you. And it caused you no harm. What, what is he saying there? Here's exactly what he's saying. I've already tried that. And it doesn't work. I've tried rules. I've tried dead religion. I've tried trying to earn my salvation. And here's what Paul's learned. It doesn't work. Isn't that great? And here's, here's the thought for us. Advance the ball 2,000 years. Some of us still live like that. We hear about grace but we live under the law. Sometimes we wonder why we have loved ones or friends, they don't want to be followers of Jesus. I'll tell you why. Because your religion looks like a workout to them. Not a relationship with the King of Heaven. This is important. 
I mean, some of us, if we were to really be honest in this room, some of us, like, why is Paul so urgent about this? Because if, if you miss it right here, you miss the whole enchilada. And enchiladas are so good. <laughs> side, side note, side, side note. Okay? He says, become like me. Paul points to this amazing thing, and I want to give it to you. Maybe you'll write it down. We're going to talk more about it. Here's the amazing thing. When you read Paul's letter to the church of Galatia, you learn that to grow deeper roots spiritually, it's not about trying harder. It's about training up. You see the difference? Some of us, the whole way we live our faith, I just got to try harder. I mess it up today. I'm going to try harder. I'll do it like tomorrow. I'll be like... How come every time I talk about, un- like, I always do this? Somebody told me that. Why do you always do that? I don't know, but it makes the point. We're trying harder. And Paul says, quit trying. Start using every experience in your life, good and bad and, and otherwise, as a training regimen to become more proficient at the Christian experience. Now, for those of you interested in works, James talks about works. Here's what James tells us about works. Works don't make you a Christian. They prove you are one. We got a lot, if I were to be honest, we have a lot of practical atheism going on in the local church. We have people that profess Christ. There's nothing about what's happening in your life that looks even vainly Christian. You do whatever you want to do. You spend money the wh- whatever way you want to spend money. You're the complete master of all your time. You never serve the mission of the kingdom and ever, but you stand and you sing the songs. And Jesus would say, quit doing that. Change your life. Follow me. This is so important. And if, if that isn't enough, Paul, I, I, I think, says this, and this is great. He says, become like me, I think, he says, completely. Like, go on, finish it. My, my dear friends, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed. It was kind of funny. We were meeting together as a teaching team. We were talking about this verse. We're all talking about child. That's interesting imagery there, childbirth. And we started all talking about childbirth, and then we suddenly realized we're, we're talking about childbirth and all this kind of stuff, and then the only female in the room is Kathy Copan, <laughs> who raised her hand and said, I love all you guys, and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was repping you ladies. And I did tell her, I said, I have a, I, I'm a witness to childbirth, so I know it happens, <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, he, he's, look at the urgency there. He's like, I am, I am overcome with urgency until Christ is formed in you. When I uh, committed my life to Christian service, uh, there are these powerful, like, rites of passage I, I like to share them because they're, they're markers for me about what I'm doing, doing. And every now and again, you need a reminder. How, how many of you would say around your important things, you need to be reminded? Come on. 
And I was thinking about this the other day. I have a, I have a, a picture of uh, when I got ordained. I have a picture when I got dropped off to seminary. I need to show, show it to you. When my parents dropped me off at seminary, there's a picture of me and with my parents are dropping me off. And my mom is sad. My dad looks a little like, peace and blessings. See you later. You know? And, 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 uh, and then when I, when I got my doctorate degree many years later, I, I went back and I staged the picture again. And I, I took, this time, I, you know, this, this time my, my parents were there and my, now I had a wife, now I had two kids and we went to the exact same spot, stood there again. You know, kind of thing is this powerful reminder. But when I, I got ordained, you you answer these historic questions. I thought I would just give some of them to you to to show you the urgency around the Christian tradition. You have to stand in front of all these people and you answer these questions. Do you have faith in Christ alone? Just pretend for a moment like you're answering these questions, right? Do you have faith in Christ alone? In other words, what are you adding to your experience? Your works? Your wishes? You know, your, your, your thoughts that, well, I'm better than, I'm not as good as him, but I'm better than her. Is it that? Or is it the grace of Jesus covers your sin? Do you have faith in Christ alone? Here's one. Uh, in my tradition, are you going on to perfection? That's a big question. Wow. Uh, do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? In other words, you're just going to keep loving people, keep loving God. Just like, even when you don't, I'm just going to love people. I'm going to love God. How about this one? Are you striving after it? Hear the training language? Anybody been watching the Olympics? Right? This is so important. And it always makes me think this, and I'll, I'll close with it. It always makes me wonder. If Paul's so bent up that we would get it, what does he know that we don't yet know? Because I gotta tell you what, you, you read Paul, he would say, run after it like your pants are on fire. What does he know? that we don't yet know. And I, I think, I think we're, we're kind of getting at it. All of us have designs and dreams for our lives. It takes deep roots to have those dreams. All of us are heading into unchartered waters. There are things in our lives that are unclear, that are scary. It takes deep roots to face those kinds of storms. And sometimes, and you hear your pastors say this, we have the unenviable position of joining people in difficult moments, and that is not the moment to discover your roots are shallow. It's time to grow. Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you manifest your good grace in our lives to give us a picture? Give us a picture, Lord, even more beautiful than the one Thomas Moran painted for our own Capitol building that would serve as a reminder to us, oh God, that it is so important in our lives that we grow a, 
a faith that invites us into spiritual metamorphosis that we would become like Christ. That's what Paul wrote. Like Christ in everything. That our love would be long-suffering and grace-filled for people. That, Lord, we would love our neighbor as ourselves. That we would care and watch over those that we would say have been enemies to us, Lord, that we would love our enemies. God, give us a faith that can face uncertain moments with the deep assurance that your peace passes human understanding. Some of us, oh God, right now are in places in our lives where we just need to know we can have peace that passes our own human understanding. And remind us, Heavenly Father, that you have totally made it possible that we can grow up in all things like you. This we pray together in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Go in His grace. Go in His grace and His love. And we'll see you next weekend.